Everybody, it is March 10th, 2022. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. We are live streaming on Rumble YouTube and Blaze TV. Do me a favor and subscribe on Rumble. Would you just click the bell there and then you'll see our videos in your feed. Okie dokie. We are doing a Rubin Report Locals uh, community Q&A today, but I am going to start with some updates on the Don't Say Gay Bill that's happening here in Florida and people are freaking out and everyone's lying over it and you're not gonna believe this. Celebrities have chimed in. All hell is breaking loose. Uh, Before I get to that, real quick guys, just yesterday I finished day three of three, five straight, uh, three straight days of five hour days of reading the audio book for Don't Burn This Country, which comes out on April 12th and you can get your copy. You can pre-order it right now at DaveRubin.com slash book. We've got links there for Barnes and Noble and for Amazon and local bookstores and all sorts of stuff. You're really going to dig it. Like it was really fun for me to read the thing and, and nail the jokes and it's relevant. And in some ways it's more relevant now than even when I wrote it. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. And I'm psyched for it to come out. And next week we will be announcing the tour. I'm going to go on tour for a couple weeks, then take a little break so I can get back in studio Uh, But we've got about 10 or 15 stops on the initial leg of the tour, and then uh, we will go from there. Okay, before I get to any of the questions, oh, and in honor of the don't say gay thing, I'm I'm wearing a pink shirt today, which I've been told is not illegal yet in Florida, but could be. It might be in the bill. We've got, I've got my legal people, you know, combing through the the text of the document. Okay, Uh, so this don't say gay thing, it's completely ridiculous. The media has lied as they lie about absolutely everything else. So I'm going to try my best right now to calmly explain to you, as I did yesterday, but I'm trying to do it a little briefer and very directly, calmly explain to you what actually is in the bill. So this is from WFLA.com, which is one of our local affiliates here in Florida. They just laid it out. You got four bullet points, or they use stars, which I guess are a little gayer. Five bullet points, uh, stars, which are a little gayer than uh, bullet points. Uh, Here are the five things that are basically in the bill. Notify parents of changes to health or well-being in a student. Well, of course you would want that. We went through this yesterday, so I'm going to do this very briefly. Let's just real quick. If something happens to the kid, if there's the kid's sick, if the kid's depressed, you would want the parent to know. Don't encourage withholding information from parents. Okay, the state does not own the child. The parents are ultimately responsible for the child, so that would be fine too. Allow parents to access child student records. Why would the school be hiding student records from the parents? Like, how does that make any sense whatsoever? A child is not something that the state owns. How do you morons not realize that? Let parents refuse school health care services. Okay, the kid is again, the parent is the custodian of the, of the child and gets to decide what health care the child is going to get. And four, get parental permission for health screening. Yes, if they're going to inject your kid with something or they're going to spin them in a centrifuge or whatever they might do with the kid, the parent should probably have to sign something just like if they took a day trip to the Arboretum, the parent would have to sign something. Anyway, this is what they're calling the don't say gay bill because within couched within all that, although the word gay is not even in the bill, uh, they don't want sexual orientation or any discussion of sex or gender identity mentioned to children in public school from kindergarten 
to third grade. Now really think about that picture. Everyone can picture a niece or a nephew or a child or a cousin that's in your life that is that age, okay? I told you, I just went to my, my niece's seven-year-old birthday party uh, this Sunday. Imagine saying to a first grader, uh, talk to me about your feelings about sexual identity or your gender or any of that stuff. It's absolutely psychotic. We all know it is, but the media just lies and lies about everything. And then Hollywood celebrities check in. And uh, one of the strange things about growing up is that you ultimately find out that all of your childhood heroes are complete bananas, lunatics. Here's what Luke Skywalker had to say about the don't say gay bill. Gay, 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 gay. I don't think I have to read the full thing and even put in a rainbow to really drive home the point. Now, of course, you can say gay, but Connor, who sits behind the computer over there, he said, Dave, I've got an idea. And he put together two memes using Star Wars clips. Now that one, of course, is from The Mandalorian. And now we know. Now we know. Thank you, Connor. We now know what Mandalorian was all about. It was actually about Mando trying to hide Grogu from Luke Skywalker because Luke wanted to chop Grogu's genitals off. The, it, it changes the entire thing, okay? So at the end there, when Luke, when you watch the last episode and Luke is saving Grogu, he's taking him for gender reassignment surgery. Okay, you see that? Then we got one more for you, a little more old school. Old school Star Wars for you. Luke, you should read the bill. That's some good work there, Connor. Fine work, fine work. Anyway, okay, so I get it. The celebrities are all idiots. Okay, so be it. Well, then we found this guy. This is state senator, Florida state senator, Gary Farmer. He's a state senator from Broward County. He said, Florida's don't say gay bill is a cruel attempt to erase LGBTQ plus children and families in our communities. I will not back down from fighting to protect children and families in our state from this unwarranted hate. Okay, so everything he said there is a lie. The word gay is not in it. It has nothing to do with erasing anybody. This is about parents knowing what their kids are being taught. And then he took a piece of black tape and then he wrote gay over it. Now, I used to live in West Hollywood. There were clubs that you had to pay to, pay to go in to do something like that, okay? Uh, now, can you put it up one more time? Because he puts this thing up. He's a state senator. He's very, he just loves the gays. Oh my God. And he wants everybody to know about it. He got 209 likes on that pandering, ridiculous tweet. So then I thought, I'm a new Floridian. Maybe I could invite him on the show. So I retweeted it. I said, hey, Senator, as a new Floridian, I'd love to have you on my show to discuss why you want a state employee to talk to a first grader about sexuality and then be able to hide that conversation from the child's parents. Let me know when you're available. That got 22,000 likes. Now, I'm not making this. Oh, I'm being told it's 25,000 likes now. Incredible, thank you for the live update. Um, so look, Farmer, you've seen it. You've seen it, dude. And uh, here, look, I even brought, I got a little tape for you. If, you. if you come to the studio and your tape falls off, we'll give you one of these. God, it's so idiotic. Uh, but more, more and more from these, these crazy people. So the mainstream media is running with this thing. And, and it's like, we have to debunk the nonsense just as fast as they put it out, but it's almost impossible to keep up with them. So CNN, of course, is all over this. You know, DeSantis hates gay people. Florida doesn't like bisexuals, whatever. 
so here's a Florida Democrat, Chevron Jones, warning that this could cause uh, apparently first graders to start committing suicide. Take a look. Are, are you worried that, you know, a, a young person who, you know, realizes they're gay, that they won't be able to be themselves? I mean, what is or they will be discriminated against, that that could be endorsed essentially by this bill. What is the concern about the environment this would create? Absolutely, it's gonna create an environment where it's going to continue to keep children uh, more closeted. Uh, it's going to put more of a sensor on teachers where teachers are, as a former teacher, teachers are the first responders uh, to uh, a lot of problems that uh, children uh, come to speak to someone about. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be beneficial to, uh, to the teacher nor to, uh, to the student. You know, I have this, uh, this money jar here, and what I've been doing with this is every time I gratuitously mention California, I put some more money in the jar, and at the end of the year, I'm going to be giving this money for somebody that wants to escape California and move to Florida. I think I may have to start a second jar. I know it's a lot of cash for me, uh, but I may have to start a second jar where I will pay people to actually leave Florida. Because first off, Brianna Keeler there, I think that's her name, the CNN anchor. I mean, her question is so, her question has nothing to do with reality. It has nothing to do with what's in the bill. Okay, fine. Um, but what is he talking about? Closeted first graders that have to talk to their teachers? Like it's, kids don't think about this shit. What is wrong with you people? And if you really want to see what's wrong with them, here's some other Florida state senators. Uh, they're all Democrats in the, uh, in the Capitol talking about this scary bill. Do we really think that teachers are engineering students to become gay? You can't teach gay. Because we oppose the bill, we're pedophiles? School boards are not, in fact, conspiring to turn children gay. Free state of Florida? Not if you're gay. I asked a couple members from the other side of the aisle, are you really okay with this bill? And a couple of you said, no but I have to be. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you really don't. The only sane thing there that I heard was you can't teach gay because if you could, I mean, think about it. Donald Trump went out to thousands uh, of people at these rallies in front of thousands of people, came out to YMCA and danced. Did they all turn gay? No. So you can't teach gay. Okay, finally, and then this was, this was very upsetting for me this morning because, you know, I make light of a lot of this stuff, but sometimes something happens in your own personal life and you go, wow, maybe we do have a bigger problem on our hands. Uh, this morning as I was preparing for the show, I had my coffee. I was walking to the, uh, to the kitchen there uh, to get some extra creamer. And uh, I just, I was thinking about the show and I just, I just sort of whispered, almost mumbled the word gay to myself, but it did come out of gay like that and watch what happened. Clyde freaked out, okay? So Clyde is possibly one of DeSantis's paid goons, okay? Where if you say gay, they've, they've done something to the animals well, that where, where they will attack you. Lord. All right, let's do uh, some questions from the Rubin Report Locals community. Patrick, where do you find your inspiration to write your books? You know, it's sort of 
it's sort of what you see here every day. Like you guys kind of know at this point what drives me and what I'm thinking about and what I'm frustrated about and what I find funny and all that stuff. The, the first book, Don't Burn This Book, was very easy to write in a certain way, even though it was my first book, because it was just sort of like going through everything that I had been talking about. Really like, like here was why I left the left. Here's what that sit down with Larry Elder was like. Here was what touring with Jordan was like. Here was, you know, first getting hate from the lefties and like, the story that you kind of all knew and then and then just laying out what, what my beliefs are. This book was a little more difficult because it was a little wonkier and it's a little more like, well, how do we beat this thing? How do we fight back against this thing? How do we not just complain? How do we build? It's, it's a different book, but I promise you it's, it's fun and it's real and it's heartfelt. At the end, I was like, wow, I really did write something kind of heartfelt here too. And I, I really do think you're gonna dig it. But where does the inspiration come? I mean, it's just, if you're alive, man, there's so much going on right now. And as I say, it's like, it can be depressing. It really can. If you're just doing the news thing over and over, and one of the things I lay out in the book is why you should not do the news thing over and over. And if you're watching this and it's upsetting you all day long, you should stop watching this. I really mean that. I try to do it in a way that it hopefully won't be upsetting you, but can enlighten you a little bit and make you laugh a little bit. And that's that. Um, but if you're doing the politics thing all day long, it's, and especially if politics is just your worldview, it's going to depress you. So I tried to write the book in a way that it's, yeah, it's some politics, but it's more culture and it's, it's more lifestyle and yeah, you, you will dig it. Uh, Bernardo says, are you still planning to build that state of the art studio for locals down here? Yes, that's right. So locals. So we had, we had really fantastic offices that we had put an offer in in uh in winwood which is sort of like a trendy area here in miami a lot of young people like very cool studio space it actually didn't work out but uh you guys are going today right uh the team is going today we found some new offices uh we're going to check out see what kind of studio we can build and uh yes yeah, so we're going to have studios locals will have studios here in miami that any locals creator that's in town can use for whatever they want to which is going to it's basically going to be open 24 hours a day and we're going to have a crew and you can just come if you're a creator and, and use our studios and then rumble's building incredible studios right on the water in sarasota so that's on the on the west coast of florida so we're going to have an east coast hub a west coast hub and uh i don't know if you know this but florida is the future uh darlena says will cuomo make a comeback you know it's funny uh, I don't know which Cuomo you're talking about because both of them are kind of up the creek at the moment. Of course, there was former New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, although I suspect you're talking about his brother, Chris Cuomo from CNN, but governor Andrew Cuomo had to step down because of the sexual assault allegations. And it was very unclear really what happened there. Um, I do think he might try to make a comeback. And the funny thing is now that they got Kathy Seward, I, you know, Kathy Hochul, I call her Kathy Seward who has been exposed to be sort of just the worst sort of hysterical. She's still got the kids in masks right now. She's just evil and vile and nobody voted for her. Now that they've got her, I think a lot of people in New York are going, man, we sure do wish we had the guy who killed all the old people who was sexually harassing a couple people because this bitch is nuts. So, you know, so there goes the, all right, we're demonetized. Okay, sorry guys. Um, but that's the truth. Like the thing is that what happens with these lefties is they always go worse. They, they never look in the mirror. They never turn around. So I think there will be some sort of opening for, uh, for Andrew Cuomo to come back probably, uh, as for Chris Cuomo. Yeah, of course he'll be back because 
he did first off, he didn't break a law. Like they fired him for whatever internal stuff they fired him for. Um, but he can obviously come back and whether he goes independent or goes to another network, like that's just how it is. And America loves to come back. And uh, you know what? I'll make even I'll even make a commitment. If he comes back and he wants to do this show, I will interview him. Glad I will gladly interview him. Happy to talk to him. Uh, Carrie says, where, what do you find more fulfilling, writing a book or touring for the book after release? It seems interacting with fans would offer a more noteworthy reaction than critic reviews. Um, there's something about writing a book and finishing it, like that last moment that you finish it, that is extremely rewarding because it's kind of fun when you're in the flow and it's just like coming at you and then there's a lot of times that it's not, or you have to move things. I really hate the editing process. My editor, my editor, Helen from Penguin is amazing. And she was really great and, and spent days twice visited for, you know, four days. And we just like hunker down and try, you know, rip everything up and trash it and rewrite and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't like the technical stuff. I'm not, I'm not very good at the, uh, the computer there. So I don't like like having to move things from a Google doc into a word doc. And then they got a PDF it and copy and paste and like, I don't like all the technical stuff of it. I like the idea stuff. Um, but in terms of touring, you know, when Don't Burn This Book came out, it was at the height of the pandemic and we canceled the entire tour. I had, I had like a 60 stop tour. We were going to go to like seven or eight countries. Um, and I was so excited to do that. And then basically my book tour was this, it was, it was me staring into a camera talking to people. So I really, really missed it. So I am, I'm seriously psyched. Uh, so as I said, we're going to do like just a two, three week tour just to start. Uh, I believe the first stop is, if I'm not mistaken, it's April 11th in New York. That's all I can say at the moment. And I wasn't going to tour in any place or city that had mask mandates or vaccine passports or any of that. But apparently we found a venue in New York that is allowing it and things are opening up, but God only knows what will happen in the next month. Um, but yeah, I love being out there with the people. Like I just love meeting people. I love, as I said, I love saying hi to people, you know, people when they hug me, I don't like the extended hug. I like just a short, quick hug, but I just like being out there with people. And especially after these last two years of, of hiding from each other and being locked away and everything else. So they're both rewarding, but, but kind of, there's like a completion of writing a book that that's really good. But then the sort of immediate reaction of seeing people, making people laugh. And, you know, when I do the book tour, I've been thinking about sort of, what do I want to, I can do whatever I want to do. And, you know, I toured with Jordan Peterson and it was like, he was doing the 12 rules for life tour, but sometimes he would do three weeks of shows in a row where he didn't ever even discuss the book. It was just whatever was on his mind. So I'll probably do something like that. I, the shows will be different every night. I promise you that. And it'll just be kind of what's in my head and playing with the crowd and I'll give away some stuff. And yeah, I think you'll dig it. Uh, Al says, why doesn't the Biden administration sign an executive order to give 17 trillion to Americans to replace all 289 million vehicles on the road with Tesla's Al, I see what you did there. Very clever. Um, well, first off, um, he would not do it with Tesla because he does not like Tesla and Elon Musk does not like him. You know, he wants to back some of the big boys, GM, et cetera who are moving into electric vehicles. He really wants to keep that machine nice and greased. Um, he does not love Tesla because Elon Musk's, Elon Musk is a true innovator. I think he has a lot of libertarian beliefs. As I say, he gets uh, benefits and he gets some tax breaks and subsidies from the government, but he's not a big government guy. Um, but more broadly to your point, it's like that could be coming next. They, they, since they just make up the numbers, right? Like since they just make up 
all of the numbers. You know, now I saw Mitch McConnell yesterday. We have to give 14 billion to Ukraine. And it's like, we have no money. Do you guys know that? America has no money. We have a tremendous amount of debt. So if you personally had no money and a tremendous amount of debt, you wouldn't look to be lending other people money. And it just gets us further and further into debt with China. So China's just looking around going, man, this is pretty sweet. All of these broke countries just keep borrowing money and we're just gonna own everybody. Um, so yeah, oh, and you know, Elon Musk is also kind of anti-union. So there's a lot of things that don't quite fit in what Joe Biden would do there uh, in terms of Tesla, um, but, since we just make up the numbers, I could, it's not out of the realm of possibility that could you, like, would it surprise you? It's a month from now and Joe Biden just gets up there and he's like, you know, this Russia thing's, that, well, I'm doing Joe Biden as if he could speak clearly, but in essence, if he said something like, you know, uh, this Russia thing's a mess and uh, we just came up with 17 trillion and you got to return your cars and we're going to give you all electric vehicles or something like that, like, it wouldn't surprise me because they're trying to destroy the old world. It's just very obvious. Uh, Anne-Marie says, you mentioned yesterday, David was not originally sold on the move to Florida. What is your opinion now? Is he as happy with the move as you, or is he still adjusting? So what I was talking about was, you know, the last couple of months in Florida, in uh, California, um, you know, when the recall was happening, especially I was pumped. I was juiced. I was out on the road with Larry Elder. I was meeting people. It felt like being on tour again. There was such excitement. It was good to see people again because California had been so locked down and all that stuff. So I was really, really psyched. And that, that got us into sort of September period. And then the recall failed miserably. And we can talk about all the reasons for that another time. Um, and then three days after the recall, we got audited by the state and they went through three years of my Amazon purchases. As I said, it's a, it's a lot of hairspray. Um, and then, then I was basically done. Um, you know, our life though, in terms of just like our day-to-day -day life, and I think we all have this, we all have sort of a private life. And even if you're not a public person, you have a public life, meaning you have your life with your family, like in your home, and then you have sort of who you are outside of your home and all the things that go on there. Our life in our home was, was very good. Like we love to cook, we love to host, we love to have family and friends over, and we were having illegal parties and like, we were just living our life and doing our thing. So I would always say like, what, what happened in our in our house, in the, in the four walls of our fence, like that was all good. But going out just became miserable. Everyone was miserable everywhere. These people never wanted to stop taking off masks. They, they looked sort of just dead in the eye everywhere. And, and then I would go to stores. Sometimes we'd go just to like, you know, pick up some food and we'd go and I would always try not to wear the mask at first. And David was fine with that. I always say like, look, if someone says something to me, I'll put it on. And then, you know, we'd go to the store and a security guard would yell at me and then I'd put it on, but it would be beneath my nose. And then a random woman would yell at me and then I'd put it up for a second and then I'd try. And then finally, one time David looked at me, he's like, you know, you don't have to come shopping with me if you don't want. And he did it like sort of lovingly, like you don't have to do this if you don't want, but it's like, you should be able to go shopping and not feel like an outcast in the city that you were in. So anyway, all of that being said, he was not as crazed of like, let's get the F out of here as I was. Um, he's happy, he's happy. He's, he's, uh, he's also, we got a lot to do at the house here and get our life in order. And there's just like a lot of interesting things happening that I'll have some more updates on soon. Um, but like, it's probably not quite the level, like I'm just like, I wake up every morning. I'm like, I can't, this, this is as good as it gets. I got iguanas, I got lizards, I got 
peacocks, you know, you, you can say gay and nobody gets you. It was, you know. Uh, Amy says, do you think that the insanely high gas prices are the final nail in the Democrat coffin for the 2022 midterm elections? Or are the people who hated Trump so much still overwhelmed with the joy of no mean tweets? Man, I'll tell you, I don't think there's a certain, there's a certain percentage of people that are so long gone that the economy could crash, unemployment could be crazy, inflation could be nuts, gas prices, never seen before, and they would still rather all that than just the idea of orange, man. They'd still, the Democrat thing has become a cult. It's become a cult because it's so enforced by all of our cultural norms, whether it's you turning on Netflix and getting propaganda, or whether you're turning on CNN and they're screaming about how Florida wants to take out gay people. I mean, it's, so the whole machine has just brainwashed so many people that, I would say this, I mean, you just don't know what tricks, you just don't know what tricks they are gonna do before the midterms. And also, and I wanna be very clear about this, I do not wanna be in a war. In effect, we are in a war right now, even though this is a war between Russia and Ukraine. In a, you know, we're basically in a war because everything is sort of worldwide now. We're talking about sending arms, there's people that wanna do no-fly zones, all of these things. Uh, without getting lost in like the minutia of that, when you're in a war, it's usually good for the incumbent because the feeling is, oh, we can't change things in the middle of a war. So it's like, could you, would you put it past Biden and the, and the Democrats to actually escalate the war so that people feel that they have to keep them in power? I would put absolutely nothing past them. So there's a certain amount of people that no matter how economically hurt they are, no matter whether we have a war or God knows what, like God only knows what these people are up to and what they could do. Uh, so I think we have to be very concerned that, uh, you know, everyone's saying red wave, red wave. And it's like, we all gotta freaking vote. You gotta vote and keep the pressure on. You just gotta do it. You gotta do it. W says, I'm wondering how big the conservative gay movement is. Can it even be called that? And how does the community feel about the way mainstream media portrays the gay community? You know, I don't like the phrase, like gay community, it doesn't, it doesn't really mean that much to me. Like I have some gay friends and I have some straight friends and I don't really think about it any other which way. Um, but, but your question, like, like if we're to think of people in some ways, like we do group off people in some ways, right? So look, to me, one of the reasons that I've been pushing so hard against the, this don't say gay nonsense is because if you're just the average gay person, which I think most gay people are, you're just like the average person who just wants to live your life peacefully and uh, hopefully find someone that you want to live that life with and everything else, you should be railing against all of this woke lunacy more than the average person because they're, they're making you look like a radical lunatic, right? So I have nothing to do with those people. I have nothing to do with those people. And they're the worst sort of pandering. Like, I don't think that guy cares about Farmer, whatever his name was, State Senator Farmer. I don't think he really cares about gay people. Like, and I don't think he cares, he obviously doesn't care about truth. Like, I know he doesn't care about truth, but I don't think he really cares about gay people either. If you cared about gay people, all you would want are equal rights and then get out of the way. That, that's the beauty of America. That's the promise of America. So I think for the average gay conservative, I mean, think about it this way. This, there's, there is this meme out there sort of, like you can't be gay and conservative. And it's like, what does your sexuality have to do with your feeling about taxes? What does your sexuality have to do with your feeling 
about foreign policy? What does your sexuality have to do with your feelings about free speech or the size of government or, or virtually anything or environmental policy? I mean, basically anything other than you would like to be in a legal relationship with someone that you love, pretty much nothing. But they've, this is a, just another massive trick that they have pulled right in front of all of us. So I tend to think that the same gay people that are out there, and, and most of them are, I, eventually they're the ones that are gonna have to fight against this woke stuff because, because almost everything is ruined by wokesters who, again, do they mean well? Well, the road to hell is paved with good intentions and all that stuff. Uh, Cooper says, Dave, any plans to record a comedy special preferably apolitical. You know, I've been thinking about it for a long time. We were thinking about doing like an hour long special that I would probably just release here or, or on Locals. Let me get through the tour, kind of see how I'm feeling about everything. And it would be, it would, look, it would be somewhat political, obviously, but it wouldn't be like bludgeon, bludgeoning you with politics relentlessly. Um, but there's a lot cooking. So I got to get through the tour before I can really think about that. Uh, Monique says, coming into this midterm election, what would be the one question you would ask a potential candidate running at the state level and the federal level to discern whether this person will be a Ron DeSantis or a spineless neocon business as usual conservative? It's a good question. It's a good question. You know, I heard, uh, I mentioned on the show a couple of days ago, I went to an event in Bal Harbor, which is a little neighborhood here in Miami uh, last week. I went to an event and I heard Ron DeSantis speak. It was probably about 30 or so people and take some questions. And what he kept talking about was that he doesn't do things by polls. He was elected to lead and he does what he thinks is right. And if he makes some mistakes along the way, then he reevaluates, but he really is just going by his internal compass of what he thinks is right and his, and his belief in this country and the laws and all of those things. And, and he really, really loves Florida. It's just very obvious that he does. Um, I think the question that you'd want to ask people at this point is like, do you believe in yourself enough that you would be willing to stand up the way that you should when the machine comes for you? I mean, one of DeSantis's best traits right now is that when they lie about him and they lie about him about literally everything, right? Don't say gay, COVID, everything. He's killing grandma. He's coming for gay people. I mean, they lie to, about him related to the worst things. I mean, they say the worst possible things. And yet this is an incredibly flourishing, wonderful, magical state. Uh, you've got Disney coming after him now because the CEO of Disney just yesterday said that he wants to have a sit down with Ron DeSantis over the don't say gay bill. And then Ron DeSantis did something really freaking fantastic. Uh, maybe we'll even cover it tomorrow. He released a statement where he said that uh, he stands by the bill. And in essence, he's like, you know, parents also send their children to Disney. And I believe I'm doing the thing that's right for the parents. So it, it was sort of like a threat back. It was like, so Disney, you better watch out because it's parents that bring their kids to Disney World. So he punches back. So the question would really be like, are you really willing to do it? Are you willing to stand up to the machine? And it's like, we can all say that we would. We can all say that we would do the unpopular thing. And it's like, how often you watching this right now, like how often do you in your life stand up for what you really believe in? How often do you actually say anything that's unpopular or go, or go against the grain? And I would point that at myself too. Like I do the best that I can, but could we all do better? Actually, uh, don't burn this country. It's coming out on April 12th and there's a whole chapter devoted to this. Like we must do it. We must do it because I really think it's like, even though we're fighting this big monster, 
maybe what defeats it is just enough of us, just enough of us, I'm just not gonna play anymore. I'm not gonna play this bullshit game. I'm not going to acquiesce anymore. I'm not gonna give it any more oxygen. I'm just going to live my life the best that I can and I'm just gonna do better and build better things and make better art and, and, and not be part of this monster. But for a politician that's gotta be part of the monster, um, you gotta be willing to stand up. And it's very easy to say you'll do it, but you actually gotta do it. Uh, Renee says, I have a friend whose name is gay. Would she have to change her name if she visits Florida? This sounds very serious. I, we're gonna have to look into that. Can we get the, uh, the Rubin Report private investigator to uh, find out about that? Yes, I mean, people named gay here in Florida uh, could be under threat and we can't have that, so we're gonna find out about that. God, it's all so nuts. Margot says, uh, any thoughts on the very recent information from Tucker Carlson on the bio labs in Ukraine? So I just saw a little clip about this this morning, actually. I guess Tucker's been covering this the last two nights. Apparently, there are some bio labs that possibly were funded by the United States in Ukraine that could be under threat like this has COVID-2 written all over it. Like, you see what happened? Russia bombed the biolabs, the biolabs blew up and we have a new pandemic. Get your 18 shots, people. Um, I don't know enough about it to comment on it specifically, but we will look more into it and we'll, we'll cover it uh, next week. Uh, Ian says, when your book tour rolls around, will you make a stop in Chirac, Chicago, or the surrounding South suburbs or towns such as Joliet, Illinois? I don't think on this first leg we got Chicago. I don't think so, but I'm not allowed to say what we have yet. I'm gonna announce the tour on Monday. Oh, we do, Chicago's in. I'm not sure I was supposed to say that. Chicago, I will be there, Chicago. Uh, all right, sounds good, there we go. Not gonna say the date, but I will be in Chicago in April 100%. And I already said New York, that's all I can say. A lot of stops in Florida. Okay, stop saying stuff, Dave, okay. Aislinn says, if Trump was still in office and was supportive of the vaccine, what would the left's position be? Would they also be supporting the vaccine or be wary of it because Trump was supporting it? Th this is such a key to like everything that's going on right now. If you really think about it now, now Trump did Operation Warp, Warp Speed. Trump subsequently, even in the last few months, is still sort of pro-vaccine. Okay, that's fine. You can agree with him or not. That's just fine. And again, you should make the decision that's best for you. Um, but so many people made their decisions based on either what Trump thought or what Trump didn't think. Meaning if Trump had been president for, the, for this last year and Trump had been for mandates, you must be mandated. Otherwise you will get fired from your job. Otherwise we are going to fire nurses. We are gonna fire teachers. We're gonna fire federal workers. If Trump had done all that, all of the people that were cheering it on as Biden did it, would have been saying, this is Hitler. This is evil, this is authoritarian and everything else. You know that to be true, right? Like, it's just so obvious. So many people made their life, their compass became based on Trump. And that's a crazy thing. If Donald Trump had been for mandates, forcing people to do things against their will and then having people fired and all of those things, one day we're calling frontline workers, the greatest heroes of, all, heroes of all time, the next day we're firing them. If Trump had been doing that, we, well, first off, we'd be in impeachment 17, but the exact same people who were for it under Biden would be against it. And we just know that. So I would like to think 
that I've remained pretty freaking consistent throughout this stuff. And I just didn't want government coercion either way. And that choice should be left up to you. Um, but it will be interesting. You know, this is a little bit of the catch 22 if Trump's to run again, right? Because if Trump runs again, on one hand, we have a very, very damaged mentally and physically and politically Joe Biden, right? So he's sort of weak. And then the, the woman behind him is just absolutely terrible. So there's not a huge amount of support for these people. The far lefties don't like them enough. They're like, what is their base anymore? Everything is pretty freaking terrible at the moment. So on one hand, it's like, you should just find a Republican that you could put in there that could just do it. That could just do it. Now, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't want it to be DeSantis because I want him to stay here in Florida and let's keep modeling this state the right way. But could you find someone else that's like pretty good, that's pretty good, that's willing to stand up to the machine that will just be statesmanlike and decent and have some basic understanding of the constitution and how the whole thing's supposed to run? Could you find that person and then run it against that very damaged Joe Biden? I hope so. I, I don't know who that is, but, but because otherwise, if Trump runs, you fire up their base, right? So you get a lot of people, the, the Trump people are now very excited and that's all good. And you guys know I voted for him and I would most likely vote for him again. So this is not a condemnation of Trump in that regard. But what you do by having him run is the, the base of the left and the entire freaking machine, the crazy machine starts ramping it up again, ramping up all the craziness and Hitler too, he's coming back. And then, and then it's like, man, did you just instigate 10 million people that weren't gonna vote to suddenly vote? You know, 10 million people who would have stayed home if say Rick, uh, Rick Scott or um, you know, anybody, I was going to say Tim Scott, but Rick Scott would be fine too. Anyone named Scott was going to run as a Republican that all these people would stay home, but now it's Trump. So they're freaking out. And then suddenly they get this many more votes. These are all the internal things that I think the Republicans have to be talking about. And, and Trump is probably thinking about to some degree. Uh, all right. Last question of the day. Landon, I like that name, uh, says once DeSantis can't run anymore, who would you want to run for governor? Um, I think there's some interesting options here. Well, first off, if he if he runs again and wins again, okay, he's had his two terms, he's out, then maybe he runs for president, we'll see, but there would be a little gap in time, probably a two-year window, uh, you know, because the, the elections don't match up exactly. Um, who would I want? I mean, look, Mayor Suarez down here in Miami is awesome. I, I think the guy is absolutely awesome. He is fully welcoming, of the new people that are coming here to experience freedom. He is, he's a basically a small government guy. He's figuring out all sorts of ways for these tech companies to come here and flourish. The economy here is flourishing. Um, he's just a good dude. Like he's just, I've, I've met him a couple of times. I've had him on the show. If you haven't seen that episode, he's just a good guy. So uh, I think he would be a good one. I, you know, um, I think maybe Kaylee McInerney, is she here? She's in New York now, I guess but she's originally from here, if I'm not mistaken. Like, Kaylee, you wanna run? Like, that would be pretty good. You were a pretty damn good spokesperson at the White House, like that would be something. I think that there would be like a nice crop of Republicans. I'm actually, I'm actually not too worried about Florida. You know, I'm, I'm worried, even though this is where I live and I want it to, to set, stay as strong as possible. I'm, I'm worried about the future of the country, obviously, but I think Florida, the model is so right. And, and look, look at the Democrats that, we showed you before those people at the house up in Tallahassee screaming, gay, gay, gay. and Like this guy, like this is the guy that we all have to worry about. 
So I think everything's going to be okay down here in Florida. I really do. Uh, guys, we're bringing back the panel tomorrow. The panel bonanza will be back on Friday. Uh, and what else can I tell you? Uh, part two of my interview with uh, former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, is up on YouTube and Rumble right now. The full thing's up on Locals. You can pre-order Don't Burn This Country at DaveRubin.com slash book. Look at that cover, huh? We designed it ourselves. We, we mostly did the design there, and then we had their graphic people come in. Uh, but that was mostly us. Pretty, not bad. I'd, I'd say pretty good. Surviving and thriving in our woke dystopia. Lordy, did I nail it with the subtitle because we are in a woke dystopia. Uh, the roundtable guests tomorrow are Ian Hayworth uh, from The Daily Wire. He is a first-time Ruben Report guest. Sarah Gonzalez from The Blaze and Kyle Becker, formerly of Fox, who's now an independent journalist who actually is one of the people on... Uh, we did confirm Kyle, right? We didn't confirm Kyle. He better say yes. I requested him on the show. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, people, get out there. Say gay. Don't say gay. Nobody cares. <laughs> do what you got to do. See you tomorrow. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.